for the last couple of weeks, I had one word which God wanted me to preach, and I got nothing for the last two weeks. Just one word, and the word was surrender. And I pursued God. I've never had to actually pursue God like this for a word before. I really had to push into God and wait upon Him so that I would be able to bring the essence of what He's wanting to talk to the church. I believe very strongly that God is wanting to speak to us this morning. He's got, he's got something for us. Before I go on, just want to assure those people who stood up and did not get a touch of God, or you didn't feel the healing. Let me word it like that. You didn't feel the healing. Let me encourage you, go home and check again. Because sometimes the healing comes in, in you know, it, it flows. All right? But please feel free to come and talk to me uh, and, 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 let, and share with me what God is doing in your life. So I started, I started waiting on the Lord for the word surrender. And even this morning is, as I share, I'll have to go very, very carefully so that I bring what God is wanting to share. Because surrender in itself can be quite heavy. But I don't believe that's what God is wanting to talk to us. I think he's be I believe that he's wanting to talk to us about a strong thing. He wants to talk to us about surrender. He wants to talk to us about surrender because that's a strong thing. Whether we like it or not, if we don't surrender to God, by default, we are surrendering to the enemy. There's, there's just two options. If we are not surrendering to God, by default, we are surrendering to the enemy. So it's very important that we understand that surrendering is something which is very, very important. I started looking at the word surrender. And uh, funny enough, last, last Sunday night, we had Brian Gregg who was preaching. And God asked him to preach on surrender again. So I was sitting there thinking, God, is he stealing my message? You know, you, you get the feeling. So I, I believe that there's something that God wants to convey to us as a church. So I started looking up the word surrender, and I found that the word surrender means surrender. There's no deeper meaning than that. It just means surrender. But the difference is, when we look at the, the way we understand things is the way we have been taught or what we have seen. So all those who have watched Saddam Hussein and his army being taken over by the U.S. Army, for us, surrender means that, the, that, the cap, the, that one becomes a cap, you know, captive of the one who is stronger. That's how we understand surrender. But in the, in the natural, that's how surrender is. So when somebody becomes a, a, a captive, they come into bondage, or they come into a place where they are, they are kept under control. But with God, surrender is different. With God, surrender is different. Because with God, when we come into a place of surrender, we come into freedom, we come into liberty, we come into power. So there is a difference between surrender as we look in the natural and surrender when we look in the spiritual. 
This is what the Bible says, Luke chapter 4. That the Holy Spirit, Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. And he was led by the Spirit into the desert. Alright? So Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, went into the desert. And there he encountered Satan. So Holy, Holy Spirit was leading Jesus. So Jesus was fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And he was being led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. He was tempted there by the enemy. And he overcame. But when Jesus came out, the Bible says that he came full of power. It's worth catching this. That when we are in a place of surrender and we are full of the Holy Ghost, when we come out at the other end, we are full of power. Surrender is a place where we come in and we come into agreement with God and we come out at the other end with power. It's very, very important. And it is straight after this that Jesus started moving in the signs, wonders, and miracles. If you want, if you want to move in signs, wonders, and miracles, we just have to do what Jesus did. He was yielded to the Holy Ghost. You know, I've, I've heard this word yielded, and I thought standing up with a hand like this or, or, you know, having some movements is what yielded means. That is a part of what yielded means. But the major part of yielding or surrendering is, is coming into, into a different place. I, I like to look at things and say, how does this look like? Who are in the Bible who have surrendered their life to Jesus? Who in the body of Christ is there who has surrendered their life to Jesus so that I can look at them and I can practice what they are doing? I can look at them and say, this is how surrender looks. And unfortunately, as I looked more and more in the body of Christ here and outside, I didn't find a lot of people that I could look up to. Even as I started looking through the Bible, I found some people who had had surrendered to God, but their entire life was not surrendered. So I started realizing that I I gave my heart to the Lord, and then so I had surrendered my heart to the Lord. But then there were areas in my life which were not surrendered or which are not surrendered. So I realized that surrender was a journey. See, Abraham decided that he was going to follow what God had told him. God told him that, Abraham, I want to leave your family. I want to leave all that you have. And I want you to go to this place. And Abraham surrendered to that plan. He knew what the end was going to be because God had already given him the end in advance. But at certain points of time, at different points of time, Abraham would try and help God on the journey. Why? Because he was not surrendered in that area. He was, he was controlled by fear. He had other issues in his heart. So Abraham has been told by God that, Abraham, you are going to that nation. Abraham sets out, and soon he comes across a problem. There is a famine, and what does he do? He takes off to Egypt. So he surrendered to the big plan of God. But then he's not surrendered in the smaller goalposts. You and I are like that. We know the big plan that God has for us, but a lot of times we get sidetracked on the path to that big, big, big plan. And it's just coming to that understanding that we have, an, we have a role to play in the surrender. God is not going to take your hand or my hand and make you and me surrender. That's satanic. That's demonic. That's how demons work. 
But God doesn't work like that. God works with, in partnership with us. The thing is, he will never force you and me to surrender to him. He would leave us to our free will to decide whether we want to surrender to him or not. And as we come into alignment with him, and as we yield to what he's wanting to do in our life, we find that God takes hold of it and he starts working with us. As I started looking at, at, at different things, I wanted to look at how does surrender look or what are the things that are necessary for a person to surrender. What I found is that Jesus is the best example to look at. So Jesus is being led to be tempted and he says it is written. So what was he saying? He was saying that we have to know what the word of God says about a particular situation. So we need to know what is the written word of God. In order to be in a place of surrender, we need to know what the written word of God says about different, different things. The second one, the way he, he dealt with the temptation was, he said, okay, it is written, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So the second way that we can walk in surrender is by knowing the Rima word of God, the, 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 the word that he speaks to us every day. And as we align ourselves into that, we find that we are able to walk in surrender. I remember a particular situation. I thank God for the Rima word of God. I was in the Bible school. There were about 100 students there who were living with us. We were sharing apartments and we were living there. And there was this particular man who was sharing the apartment with us. So there were about six of us who were sharing this apartment. So Jesse and I and our eldest daughter, we had one room. And there were two guys in another room and three ladies in another room. We were sharing the apartment. And so we decided that we'll also share the expense of the kitchen. So we would go out into the, into the marketplace and we would buy ice cream and, you know, the lollies and the chocolates and everything. We would all share the expense of this. And when we brought it in, and when we are starting to look at all these things, you know, we spread it out on the table. There was this guy who would pick up the Coke bottle or the Sprite bottle, open it and take a swing at it and put it back. And say, my spirit is on it, so you are not allowed to touch it. He would take the ice cream container, open it and lick it, and put it back. So you can imagine what's going through our minds. Then we found that this guy would constantly do annoying things to other people as well. And we all came to the conclusion that he's a baddie. But being good Christians, you know, we are in the Bible school, so we are not allowed to tell him that. One day, we were traveling with him, and then suddenly I heard God talk to me. He said, Sergeant, look at him. I said, yes, I know what he is. He said, do you see my servant? My ears pricked up. 
and he said, who are you to judge my servant? You know that day, I started looking at that man differently. It's important that we hear the Rima word of God because it will change the way we look at people. It's important that we hear the Rima word of God because it will change the way God looks at things. It gives us a different perspective. And as I yielded to that, that young man started opening his life to us. It's very important that we understand that we can be yielded to God. First one is by knowing what the word of God says. The second one is constantly hearing what he is saying and coming into agreement with that. The word of God says that he is a God who heals. He is a God who heals. He's got a plan for healing people. And this morning we stood on that word. And he brought healing to a lot of people in this place. So as I started looking at the word surrender, I realized that to be able to surrender my life, I need to be able to read the Bible more. Dig into his word so that I get a better understanding of what God is saying about different issues in life. You know, the Bible is, is full of stories. And one of the stories that stand out is the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king. He was living in times just like this. And uh, his father before him, he was an atheist or an idol worshiper. So what his father had done is he closed the church service down. That's what he did. He closed the temple down. He, 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 he shut the, uh, the candles that were being burned, the lamp that was being burned before the Lord. He shut the doors. And then he put into the foyer, he put an altar to another God. He not only did that, he started building altars in every corners of the street, everywhere in Jerusalem. It was full of altars. This is what his dad did. At the age of 25, Hezekiah became the king. So as soon as Hezekiah became the king, he decided that he's going to pursue God. He decided that he's going to reinstate God into that nation. So he started, he started talking to the, the most important people. He brought the Levites and the priests together. He said, guys, I want you to consecrate yourself because I am going to reinstate worship of Jehovah. I'm going to reinstate the worship of the living God. Some of them heard him and they consecrated themselves. The others did not. Then he sent out messengers throughout the nation saying, I want you guys to come because I, we are going to reinstate the worship of God. We are going to start where it all started. We are going to start at the place where the Passover lamb was, was, was sacrificed. So they decided that they are going to have a Passover um, festival. The Bible says, when the messengers went in there, people started mocking them 
and reviling them. Anyway, that did not stop Hezekiah from pursuing God. So he brought the old, he, he, re- he allowed the priests to get in, he allowed the Levites to get in and clean up that place. And as they cleaned up that place, Hezekiah was encouraged. God started speaking to him. And they had a huge, huge Passover sacrifice. It not only was for one week, it went on for two weeks. So God started interfering into Hezekiah's life and doing massive things for him. He would be surrounded by the enemy and God would send an angel in the night to get rid of all these enemies. God was starting to move on his behalf. Then Hezekiah became very sick. He became very, very sick. And the word was that he was going to die soon. Hezekiah went to God, he prayed, and God decided to release him and that he would live for a few more years. So God was miraculously moving in Hezekiah's life. The king who had attacked him, God gave him a word saying, the king who is attacking you, he won't survive because when he goes back home, his own, he will be killed in his own temple. So all this is happening and there are other nations watching. At that time, Babylon was watching. So Babylon sent envoys to speak to Hezekiah. Hezekiah heard this. Hezekiah, these people came to Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was asked, Tell us about all the miracles that have happened here. Hezekiah took these, these envoys and showed them everything that was in the palace. He showed them all the great works that he had done. The Bible says, God left it there so that his heart could be tested. And as far as the Bible is concerned, that was the end of the story there. Hezekiah had signs, wonders, and miracles happening all around him. He had decided to pursue God, and he did all the right things. But what, whether he was yielded to the Lord or not, came out in his behavior. You know, I have, I have seen signs, wonders, and miracles in my life. I've seen massive healings. I've seen, you know, sick hearts. You know, people with, with heart disease being totally healed. I've seen cancers being healed. I can do all the right things. But if I feel, fail to give glory to Jesus, if I fail to tell others of what Jesus had done in this, it actually shows where my heart is. And that is what happened with Hezekiah. He had all these things happening around him. But his heart was not yielded towards God. It's very important that we we check our hearts. What's the motive behind what we are doing? When people talk about the successes that we are having, 
the businesses that we are having, the houses that we have bought and everything, what are the words that come out of our mouth that will show whether we are yielded or not? That's a sign to watch out. You know, as I was preparing the, for, this me- for this message, I started looking at my life afresh and I found myself so much lacking. I don't say this in a negative way, but I say this in a positive way because I know why there is not enough power moving through my life. Because surrender is a way to liberty in the kingdom of God. The Bible says, where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. So if I'm yielded to his spirit, then there would be more liberty around me. There would be greater power in what I do. Another story that stood out for me was the story of Abraham. Abraham had successes and then he had this wonderful son that he had been waiting for many, many years. Abraham had a fantastic relationship with God. Every time he felt like he wanted to encounter God, he would build an altar and worship him. And God would turn up. God would turn up in his dreams, in his visions. God would come personally to see him. And Abraham was able to intercede on his behalf, on behalf of the nations. And then God asked him, said, Abraham, will you give me your son? Abraham had learned from experience to yield what God was asking for. I learned. Am I happy to yield what he is asking for? There are times when we don't want to yield what he's asking. He's not going to force us. Imagine, what would, have, what would have been God's response if Abraham turned around and said, God, can we negotiate this? He had already done that once in the past. He had sat down and, and discussed with God. God, if there are 100 believers in that city, will you spare that city? If there are 50, will you spare that city? If there are 10 in that city, will you spare? He's a good negotiator. He knows God negotiates. God is happy to negotiate those things. But this time he, does, he did not do that. The Bible says he reasoned that God is able, is able to fulfill the promise that he has given him. Hebrews 11, it gave me the, it gave me the key for Abraham's yieldedness. He was able to sit down and reason and look at what God has done. So the fourth thing that I learned is that am I happy to release what I, what I consider the most important thing of my life? If God was to ask for it, am I happy to release it? Am I happy to give up? Am I happy to give up the thing that I consider the most important thing? That's the third sign of yieldedness. Another man who came to my mind was David. David had this fantastic opportunity. David had been told 
that he was going to become the king. And David had been walking with God for a while. However, his king was pursuing him to kill him. His king was ex- extremely angry with him. The king wanted to relieve himself. That's what the Bible says. And he went into a cave. Little did he realize that Spider-Man was waiting for him there. You know, David was in that place. And his people said, take him out. This is your opportunity. David said, no. David said, no. You know, that's the difference between him becoming the king. God had already spoken that he was going to become the king. And here was the opportunity that had presented itself. David was happy to wait for God's timing. He was happy to wait for God's timing. And when God's timing came, everything else came together. Everything else came together. We have seen this happen again and again. That when we have left, you know, taken our hands off some things, God would bring it to pass. The another person who came to my mind who was surrendered to God was Noah. He was flowing against he was flowing against the normal perception. He was flowing against what was being said. What was the, 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 the thinking of that time. He was yielded to God. He was so yielded to God that he did not mind looking like a fool. He went and built an ark when it had never rained in that place. And people would be looking at him and wondering, what on earth is this man up to? That's another sign for yieldedness. Am I surrendered to do things that go against the flow? Another sign of yieldedness that I found in the Bible was, Three young men, in the midst of their youth, when they were successful governors in that place, their name was Chadrak, Meshach, and Abednego. They were happy to say, we are not going to bow down. We are not going to kneel down before things that you say, because we worship a holy God. They said, God can rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we don't mind. Because he knows what he's up to. They knew. How did they know that they were doing the right thing? They would study the word, and in the word they were told that God is a faithful God. 
that God is a faithful God. They did not have church service at that time. They did not have the temple worship going on. So how did they know about God? They had others who walked with them and they would study the word constantly. Because that would give them a platform based on which their faith was built. What I've realized is that whether my life is surrendered or not is seen in the way I treat people. The way I react or respond when things don't go the way I want it to go. I've realized that the sign whether I'm yielded or not is where what I do when he asks me to do something. Have I twisted around and slithered away or not? I'm about to finish now. But there is one thing that I want you to take home today. We'll have the music team up now. There's one thing that I want you to take home today. At the end of the service, this is one thing. That in the yieldedness is the freedom and the liberty that comes. In the surrender. In the surrender. In the surrender is the power. If you are in this place, if this is your, if you have not given your heart to the Lord, or you have never known about surrendering something to God, I want to tell you that the first time I surrendered my life to the Lord, that was the thing that changed everything for me. I was addicted to porn, the addiction was broken. I was very, very sick in my life. I did not sleep for more than three hours for about three years. I was very, very sick. Now I know that I was on the verge of depression. He healed me completely. I did not have a hope and a future. He set me free. If you are sitting here and you do not know Christ, I can tell you that in this surrender to Jesus, there's a lot of liberty and freedom that can come into your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to what I just said. In a moment, we are going to get the worship started. They sing a song of worship. I want you, the entire, you know, the entire congregation to stand up now. If you have never given your life to Jesus or you have not surrendered, I want to encourage you to consider surrendering your life to Jesus because in there is freedom from sickness and there's liberty. 
If you decide to give your heart to the Lord, if you decide to surrender to Jesus, come and see me in the front. To the rest of the congregation, I want to give you a chance to respond to what was shared this morning. If you have felt that there are areas in your life which are not yet yielded, and you would like to do that, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond. Feel free to come to the front of the altar because I know Jesus is in this house. I felt his presence this morning. He would like to meet you and help you on that journey.